Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gay Bible. Hashtag Bible Gang, hashtag Bible Squad, and hashtag a gang gang. <laughs> you know, I'm the king of cringe, so that's why I just love doing that, because I know it's cringing everybody out. So, of course, I'm going to keep doing it. So, today, we have another amazing fucking guest that is two feet apart from where I am sitting right now. Simple question. You know the drill. Are you going to be a disciple or a pussy-ass anonymous bitch? <laughs> I think I'm going to be a disciple today. <laughs> She's like, after that, I'm staying anonymous. Like, yeah. no one needs to know I was on <laughs> yeah, the show. Yeah, I'm going to be in private, please. So I want to say something. I want to say something. Say it, Gorge. So I've been having dreams lately. Those dreams have all consisted of one man and one man only. Guys, I want to fuck Jesus. Me too, bitch. <laughs> Not the white Jesus white people created to excuse their trifling racist asses. The real Jesus. Guys, I did some serious digging, and I'm looking at a picture of the real Jesus and what he would have looked like. So the story behind this is a bunch of anthropologists, scientists, and artists came together and read through the entire Bible so they would be able to get every kind of description of what Jesus would have looked like. And to their amazement, they did. They found it. They found what he would have looked like. So here I am looking at Jesus and God damn it. He is hot. <laughs> Sophie, look at him. Look at how hot this dude is. Look at that. Jake, that's just a stripper whose name is Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong one. Wrong one. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. Okay. This one. Oh shit. I'd smash. You smash, sure. right? Yeah, You'd smash. Totally, totally smash. Totally, Jesus, yeah. if you're listening, smash. Hit me up. Hit My me DMs up, baby. Are open, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's continue this show. Okay. Sophie, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the funny thing is, this is our first time meeting. So you reached out and you wanted to be on the show. But my question to you is why? You have such an amazing story. Why did you decide to share it on this show? Well, we have a mutual friend and we were connected through him. And uh, when I just heard about what you were doing, I thought you were running a really cool program and I was really excited to be a part of it or at least ask if I could be a part of it because I just want to be more involved in like queer spaces especially with quarantine happening the past year i think it just made me realize like who really matters and i think queer people really matter for other queer people and so i just wanted to take a step through that door and offer my story in exchange for the amazing opportunity that you're giving me yeah <laughs> I honestly love hearing that. Thank you for just making my day. Yeah. Making my whole day. Thanks for day. having me. <laughs> so for the people that are listening, I want you to paint them a picture of your upbringing, who you are, and, you know, who you are now. I was born to two teenage parents. They were high school dropouts, okay? And my dad was dealing my mom acid, and that's how they met. What? Yes. So in this small town in like the deep south, my parents met because my dad was dealing my mom acid and she thought it was really cool that he was like in a band. So they eventually got together and had me. I was their first child. And at around like five years old, we moved to Alaska and I was homeschooled there until I was like 15, I think. And I was just surrounded by like artists and journalists and musicians and performers because that was the business my parents were in and so that just really informed like 
I guess just like the type of woman that I became today, you know what I mean? Like I'm just really, all my eggs are in the basket of like creativity and creative people and anything like that. And uh, yeah, it was cool growing up in Alaska. There was some good, there was some bad, you know, I have like some intense backgrounds, but I also have some things that are really interesting about everything. And I, I guess today I just live here on the West Coast and I'm just living my life and having fun in the sunshine. And saying that you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled. So yeah. you didn't even get like a sex ed no. education. Oh, uh, well, I mean, my parents were always really open with me about that. Like there was no secrets around sex or anything. When did they start telling you a little more and more and more? Like when did you get the the birds and the bees talk? I don't think I ever really did. I think it was just such an open topic in the house that like any question that I asked was answered pretty directly. And so I don't ever remember having a conversation about it. I remember just kind of always knowing what what was up really yeah there was my dad has this like philosophy of like if you're old enough to ask you're old enough to know so i mean i was probably a toddler like pre what i can remember asking like oh like what's sex or like what's kissing and he would just kind of tell me straight up so i don't think i ever didn't know you are so lucky (laughs) if i ever came home and i was like dad mom like what's butt sex they would be like you're going to hell we are not telling you that no like for real checked and look at you now checked into a mental hospital yeah an asylum (laughs) (laughs) they're like our son's a homosexual he's got the demons inside of him and you do baby i do (laughs) i I feel him i feel him so you don't call it a transition. What do you call it? Because it was something very beautiful. Take me through that. Well, for anyone who's listening, I am trans. I'm a trans woman. And I, I mean, we can call it a transition. Um, I think it's an accurate term and I think it's a good medical term. But there's a lot of people in the trans community who don't go on hormones at all and don't get any kind of surgery. Like they just maybe change their presentation and change their pronouns. And so I don't think it fits everyone. Like I kind of just call it like life, you know, you could call it an assembly as well. Like you're assembling features and character traits over the course of time that best represent kind of who you are on the inside and collecting those things, almost like you're a collector of dolls or something, you know, you're just collecting little personality things or ticks, you know, and all of those things eventually equal up to the person that you die as and hopefully that person is the person you you want to be like obviously people say like oh when did you start transitioning and usually my answer is like since i was born it's really just been a step-by-step process you could say the beginning of my transition was when i slipped on my mom's like red silk nightgown when i was like five and i thought no one was looking and i'm just like walking around her you know you could say that was the beginning like literally who cares but now I stick estrogen in my butt cheek once a week. You know what yeah, I there's mean? There's one so, key difference, guys. Get yeah, over it. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. You were talking about like the dress. It's like, I just remember because I would sneak into my sister's bedroom when she was not there. I would play with her Barbies mm-hmm. and like slipping on the dress. I don't know what it is about wearing a fucking dress, but you just feel like a bad yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> can we, can like Harry Styles, that magazine, I was like, uh-huh. please bring dresses back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think dresses are coming back for men. My mom, um, we're about to get really deep. My mom called me like two days ago and I have a really, really bad relationship with my mom. And she calls me like out of nowhere, literally two nights ago. I think it was the night after you and I had our first conversation. And she just calls me up to tell me that I'm like playing dress up as a woman and that I'm a man and all this stuff, like just attacking me. And I have really, really thick skin. So it didn't really get to me or anything, but I was like, I, I literally just kept telling her, I was like, I don't, I just get dressed. Like, I don't play dress up as anything. Like, it's not a costume that I can take off. Like, you can't ungrow these titties. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something that I just like. These titties are here to stay. Yeah. Like, it's not something that I can just like pop on and pop. I, like, it's not drag. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, 10 pounds of makeup that you wipe off at the end of the day. It's not you know, all these like costumes and corsets and padding and stuff like that. Like the clothes I'm wearing right now are literally just what I have in my wardrobe. And it's the same thing every day. And looks cute as fuck though. Thank you. We're both wearing tie dye right now, by the way, tie dye is coming back. So like get your shit while you tie dye dresses, tie dye dresses are coming back. Uh, Well, obviously tie dye in general, but the dresses for men, let's get you a tie dye dress. 
I know. I look like a fucking cloud right now. I'm okay with that. I think it's gorgeous. I know. I wore this at a party a couple weeks ago, and some dude came up. He's like, you're like the only one that could pull that off. I was like, taste. (laughs) Fucking taste. Thank you, baby. (laughs) Wait, but from hearing that, I was Uh under the assumption your parents were super open and like... Not at all. So I thought you had a really good relationship with your family, and I guess that's not the case. Mm -mm. Like... They just kind of look at it, like, just because they'll tell me about it, like, as a child doesn't mean that they'll support it. And in fact, they often were talking to me about some of these heavier topics like sex or homosexuality or just gender non-conformative lifestyles um, in a way that was very biased, like, very, like, telling me the facts, but under the guise of, like, it being evil or something like that. Um, both of my parents are very religious. They're very, very spiritual. Um, I have a pretty intense background with both of them that just comes with like a lot of physical abuse that got so intense, um, a lot of psychological abuse. And the psychological abuse didn't stop until I was probably like 21. I mean, literally like 21. So like last year when I finally just laid down some boundaries and started going to therapy and started, you know, my healing process from this um, and from that. And uh, yeah, we, we always had open discussions about everything, but open doesn't necessarily mean like positive or supportive, you know, like I get a call at 9 p.m. at night and I just have this lady just like telling me that I'm like this like dress up, like fetish, walking fetish and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you don't even like, you haven't, I live 2000 miles away from you. You haven't seen me in forever. And uh, I think my dad's trying to understand a little bit. He's pretty straightforward about about the fact that he wishes that I wasn't transitioning. But I mean, I think he can grow. And my brothers are like, whatever, they don't really care. And then my, my other sibling is my roommate as well. And we're like best friends. We both kind of went through our, um, they're non-binary and we both kind of went through our like, gender awakenings and stuff at around the same time so we've just been helping each other along the way and giving each other a lot of support that's one thing that i've noticed especially through getting older you would be amazed at what happens when you cut somebody out that is negative Mm -hmm. i did this with kind of my mom about like it's coming up on a year ago mm. where I just said, I can't do it anymore. I got to create boundaries, kind of like what you did. Mm. And the second that I said, I stopped. I mean, I haven't been in contact with her for a year. My life immediately improved. Yeah. It was happier. Like that energy, if somebody has bad energy, mm-hmm. it will literally carry on to you. Mm-hmm. So like what you're doing, creating boundaries and everything of the such, fucking smart. Mm-hmm. So smart because you've said your life is positive and happier. I feel like I feel like I'm like a cup, you know, and I really do take in so much. I'm like a sponge and I take in so much and I really grade people and their character and their personality and our chemistry based on what they bring out of me. Everyone has many people in their life that they meet them and they just turn, like you see yourself become this really like dark person when normally like you're really calm or you're really happy or whatever. Um, But we all have those people in our life that just like fill our cup with like poison, basically. Like their bullshit becomes your bullshit. Yeah, and you're just like, no, I literally have so much money to make and so many friends to make and so many experiences to have. And like, I can't, it's not only not fair to me, but it's not fair to the people that I love and that I will love in the future to carry around your poison and then poison their cup. You know, words of fucking wisdom. Disciple <laughs> Sophie, everybody. Wow. <laughs> Literally, people pay for that. People I was pay like, for oh my that god, shit. I'll send you an invoice. I'm like, it. oh my god. I'm like, whenever I'm depressing, I'd be like, hey, like, you remember, like, when you were on the show, like, do that right now. Okay, <laughs> I will. Okay, this is something that I wanted you to cover because this is a huge misconception. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> so there's a major misconception that it's hard to date as a transgender woman. Is this bullshit or does this have some kind of backing to it? It's total fucking bullshit, Gorge. Honestly. Go off. Like, fucking go off. It Spit. literally, I, I've had no trouble like finding people who are in my DMs or people who respond to mine. Um, I think that literally all it is is that 
unfortunately there's a large group of people that would that would like to make it seem as if it's difficult to date a trans person as if it's difficult to even have a trans person in your friend circle and unfortunately i don't think it's to their own fault but i think that a lot of trans people perpetuate this idea by getting on television doing interviews um you know writing blogs whatever and talking about all this hardship and while yes if you are being rejected the likelihood of you being rejected because you're trans is high um all different kinds of people get rejected for all different kinds of reasons and i don't like to assume that if i am being rejected it's because i'm trans i'm like well maybe i'm just not the type of girl that they're attracted to in the first place like maybe they like blondes and i'm a brunette you know or maybe they like you know super tall girls and i'm only 5'11 or maybe they like short girls and i'm 5'11 you know like it's just there, there's so many combinations of what could play into someone not wanting you. And I think to assume every time that it's because you're trans is not only unfair to them because you're putting words in their mouth, but it's also unfair to you because it's like, why would you walk around telling yourself this story that you're like the bottom of the dating food chain when you're not like i hate using this example but it really is like mathematically correct like trans porn is literally in like the top three most watched categories of pornography in the world really yeah so like a lot of people say that they're not attracted to trans people but that's not what the numbers say you know and so it's like now of course that there there's problems that come with that like i think a lot of people's first introduction to a trans person is um because of pornography and so they don't really get a chance to have a humanized version of what a trans woman is but there is no shortage of yeah, men that, or that's women. what you were saying you were like mm-hmm. yeah you were like jake my dms th- there's not Are a shortage hot. yeah <laughs> you know we're not in a drought right yeah, now no, okay no. <laughs> scorching hot like there it's like an overflow i mean uh, i listen to me, i sound so cocky right now it's not it's no, not no, like no, no, it's no. like you, you are know, confident overflow, there's but it's like yeah there's a difference between delu- like what i was saying there's a difference between delusional and confident mm-hmm. and everything that you've been saying is just confident mm. and i think that's important for anybody to have i've had i've had two well i've only had two guys like reject me because i'm trans but they are like they were so nice about it like i've never had an experience where i've like messaged a guy or he's messaged me and we started a conversation where there was this like epiphany moment for him and then he's like you fucking tranny or like whatever the fuck you know what i mean like it's mostly like guys just like i said just these two guys and both of them were like oh yeah like i will vote in your favor like i support you i think you're really cool but there's just something in me that just can't do it maybe it's like a genital preference you know there's so many things that could play into it and i don't even like to ask them too many questions because it's literally just like uh, whatever your reason is for not wanting to date me like it's honestly not my business because you're being nice right now i mean if you were calling me slurs then i would just either fight with you or block like you. throw hands yeah hands. like because you, you would never say that to me in public a lot of these people who like you know have all this shit to say towards trans people online i'm like if i saw you in public like would you swing like would you pull up because i know you fucking wouldn't and i was trained in martial arts like i know how to fight i've been in street fights so it's like i'm just not scared of these people you know and it's like I mean, not that I'm, like, you know, this big, strong, like, but I would still go down, like, swinging, you know, and I know that a ton of these people who are going to call you a tranny or a man online are, like, they would literally, if they saw you in public, they just do the same pussy-ass thing that they all do where they just, like, whisper to their little friends, you know, and, like, say all this nasty stuff, and it's, like, literally, fuck you, like, yeah, I don't know. people have also, like, gross hearts. Yeah, totally. And a gross heart equals a gross dick. Yeah. And a gross (laughs) dick equals a gross life, everybody. You already know. (laughs) And you have to look at them, like, they're, like, you know, some crackhead, like, screaming slurs in a corner at a CVS, like, punching the air, you know what I mean? Like, you can't look at them, you can't take their words seriously in the same way that you don't take that person's words seriously, because if they're in the corner, like, you know, screaming about, like, aliens and stuff, like, you don't take it to heart if they call you, like, a slur or something because you're like that person's clearly unstable and honestly is probably battling demons that i don't know anything about and i kind of feel the same way about most transphobes obviously it's different if they like you know try to physically harm you but in terms of like slurs i'm like you you literally can't take the words of unstable people seriously block out the haters block out the haters baby bible squad block out the haters those impish (laughs) vibing bitches
I'm sorry, I'm shifting around in this chair and you can like lit I know you can hear it. When I said this is a broke ass college student <laughs> podcast, I wasn't joking. I could be accommodating to that. Absolutely. <laughs> like anybody who comes on this show, I want to let you know like the nicest thing that you'll be getting is a Red Bull and a chair. <laughs> which I got. Which you got. <laughs> Like, there is no studio. We're sitting on my grandfather's fucking dingy-ass seats, like, (laughs) that are about to break right now. Like, yeah. Hey, but there's incense going and, like, a little, like, humidifier going, so I feel very luxe at the moment. The benefit of this is my room is covered with plants, so it genuinely looks like you're in a fucking rainforest. Yeah, I feel very photogenic. Like, very... (laughs) Yeah, because, like, the scene, like, I... When you go into my bedroom, does it feel comfortable? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It feels open. Oprah vibes, right? Oh, I said open, oh. but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so moving on. So this is a two-part question. Sophie, can you take this big and thick question? Oh yes, I can. Oh, she can. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Not a lot of people can. That's a skill. Oh, no, I can. Okay, good. Yeah, don't worry. You were prepared. I Oh, I came prepared, She Mom. was training. <laughs> I came prepared. So the majority of people in the LGBTQ plus community almost never lose their virginity with someone they actually love. It's usually very forced and under some form of pressure. So what's your two-parter? How do you fit into that? Um, so the first one, I'll just kind of brush it over. I was just young. Like I said, I think I was a sophomore in high school or like a freshman in high school. And uh, yeah, he like basically sent me these photos of a guy that was him, but it was much younger than the him that I met. And he was like, yo, like, I can pick you up, like, if your mom's asleep, like, I can pick you up, and, um, we can just hang out at my place or something, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure, like, you know, I'm naive and stuff, and, uh, he comes over, and I sneak out my bedroom window, and when I get in the car, I instantly notice that this is for sure the same person, but there is, like, at least 10 years of differences between the photo that I got and the the man that I'm seeing, and so I was automatically, like, very, 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 very scared and uncomfortable. But, you know, like I said, I'm na- I'm naive and young, so I-, I didn't really take the opportunity to, like, just slam the door and be like, you need to get the fuck out of my front yard and, like, go back into my house and call it a night. I, I was scared that, like, if I went back inside, you know, I'm thinking, what if he comes inside and hurts me? Like, I have my family inside and stuff. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to tough this one out and just make make something of it. And so I go to his house with him, and um, it was really weird. He had, like, all this, like, well, I guess it wasn't super weird, but, um, there was just, like, movie posters everywhere from, like, so many different kinds of movies, and I was like, wow, like, (laughs) you really like movies, don't you? (laughs) And, um, it was like, yeah, and just started, like, mansplaining to me, like, a whole bunch of, like, movies that- These are what movies are, I don't know if you're aware of this. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I was like, I know who fucking Quentin Tarantino is, like, film major, you know what I mean? Like, shut the fuck up. And so anyways, he's just, like, mansplaining to me what, like, movies are, basically, for, like, two hours hours and then he's like do you want me to turn on a movie and I was like oh my god I'd love nothing more and so um you know I'm sitting there thinking I gotta get this over with now and he turns on like it was the exorcism of Emily Rose what the fuck (laughs) not the vibe (laughs) not the vibe I was like you're already scaring me and now you want to watch like a horror movie with me I was just like oh my god like I'm gonna die tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like you saw your life flash before your eyes. You're just multiple like, times this in is a row. How, this is how it ends. Like I thought I was gonna like die. Like I don't know, like skydiving or something. Nope. I was having like near death dopamine releases. Like it was a full experience. Like fight DMT. Or flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm basically just like sitting there watching this movie with him, and I'm thinking to myself, "Holy shit, we're only 30 minutes into this movie, but I feel like I've been here for five hours now, and I just want to go home by this time." So I think to myself, like, "Okay, well, I know what he wants, and so I'll just get this over with, so that he can take me home." And so I like make the first move. I think I like kissed his cheek or something, and um. You know, as soon as I made the first move, he obviously, like, it was, like, a fucking, like, dam broke open, you know what I mean? I was like, Jesus Christ, like, slow down. And, uh, yeah, I basically just, like, did what I felt like I had to do to get out of there. And then when he was driving me home, he was like, I'm so glad that you made the first move because um, if you hadn't, I was just going to finish the movie with you and take you home. 
and I was like, I literally, I, I grin, I gripped my teeth so hard that they might as well have cracked out of my skull. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill you, sir. <laughs> like I can't believe that I just went through that whole situation. I'm sorry though, because it's like I know that's obviously not how you wanted to lose your virginity. Yeah. When you didn't actually have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I at that point, I would have looked at him and be like, are you fucking? You're fucking with me, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what did you do when you got out of the car? Like, what were your emotions? What did you do? I was like, bye. I think I like kind of blocked it out for a super long time. I don't think I ever like emotionally dealt with that because I was just like, okay, well, there's literally nothing I can do to change that. Like, that is completely in the past. And I'm still like the same person and stuff. Um, But what I didn't know is that for many, many, many years after that, in subconscious ways, my brain totally believed that I was like impure and dirty and unlovable. And so I just spent some time like settling for a lot less than I deserve because I just kind of felt like well, who would want a girl like me who's been through things like that? You know what I mean? And then I continued on throughout my teen years to go through multiple sexual assaults that only really reinforce that idea. So you're not dating anybody right now. No. Where's your heart at specifically? Just like with summer 2021. You're ready for your summer romance, right? I mean, if romance happened, honestly, okay. So like when it comes to dating right now, I'm not opposed to, like, some Prince Charming just, like, sweeping me off my feet, but that's going to be difficult because they're pretty well planted in the ground, A. And B, um, I feel like a man who falls in love with me right now is going to be pretty brutally disappointed by the time the world opens back up because I'm not this docile, like, stay-at-home girl. Like, I like to be out and about. I like to be doing things, meeting new people, partying, activities, you know, I, I'm really energetic when the state of the world allows me to be. So I genuinely think it would be pretty unfair for um for me to let a man fall in love with me in the state that I'm in because I'm just not going to be your, like, cozy stay-at-home girlfriend who wants to, like, have, you know, cuddle nights in with you. I'm like, babe, let's go party. You know what I mean? Let's go meet You're like, people. You're uh, like, homeboy Jake is going to take me clubbing. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, tra- I'm planning on snorting coke off, like, you know the boobs eight strippers yeah like eight <laughs> strippers at once like yeah, you totally. got can you keep up yeah honest i've been thinking about i think about that too i'm like i don't think that the speed that i'm moving right now is uh realistically like comparable to the speed that i normally move at and especially the speed that i'll be moving at once I quarantine know. is over because i'll just be on hyperdrive, you know and i'm like i need a guy who's like you know fast enough on his feet to like really keep up with that lifestyle that i like to live which is very much in the fast lane and so if a guy met me right now and like fell in love with the girl that i am right now like you're like you're going to be disappointed you're gonna be sad that i don't have time for you anymore okay bitch are you ready for this so ready so before we met we were talking and i asked you what your sex hacks were and we had the same ones Mm -hmm. literally fucking hilarious so do you want to share okay so like in porn it's so loud and like rough and like so animalistic. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like they they're literally like screaming. Like girls are like literally like screaming, moaning. I don't find that attractive and I know that most people in general don't find that attractive. I feel like things that are more subtle and like magnetic are really going to make you have a good sexual experience with things like like heavy breathing or like rhythmic breathing. Um like a like a more like hushed tone to your voice like when you're speaking to someone during sex like rather than like this like aggressive Mm -hmm. like i mean i'm sure that some people are really really turned on by that but like if someone's talking to me that way i'm like oh my god like i can't wait for this to be (laughs) over you're like ew (laughs) yeah well that's the other thing especially about porn like when i was the last time i watched porn um right before you got here i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh my god same (laughs) i'm playing on my bluetooth yeah (laughs) on the car right over So when I was watching porn, the worst kind of porn is when a dude is in a position and you can just tell like he is in pain. Yeah. Some people get off to that, which is totally fine. But I look at that person and specifically in that position, I'm like, bitch, nah. Or they're biting their lip. They're like, you're just like, I'm changing this right now. (laughs) I'm changing this. I really like to, even if I'm not having sex with someone, even if I'm just like kind of making out with someone or just having like a more intimate moment, I really like to activate like 
all five senses and really make sure that I'm taking advantage of all five senses if I'm the one who's in control. This is a Michelin star pussy, baby. Oh, <laughs> she got the three star, bitch. Okay. So I'm going to give you the floor, Sophie, because you want to clarify something, and I thought it was very important that you did. Stop judging how many people you've had sex with. Like, basically, why do you care? No one cares. I know this is a conversation that a lot of people had or have had, like, you know, especially getting into new relationships, like, what's your body count, babe? And she's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, like negative three. They're like, oh my God, babe, like you are the only one. You are the only yeah, one that has I'm pierced. I'm a virgin. You're the only one that has pierced these cheeks, baby. <laughs> you broke my hymen, babe. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, right on. I'm like, yes. No, I mean, everybody gets so quiet about that question. I'm proud of my body count because that means I know how to fuck, baby. (laughs) But I would say in gay culture, though, gay world, if you have started dating a dude and he's like, yeah, like my count's like 10. I'm like, so you're a liar. So you're a liar. Okay. Okay. Um, No judgment. I I don't have any judgment either. I mean, I'm a virgin, but... Oh my fuck you. (laughs) I mean, Um... I think it happens for gay men, though, because... Especially men that weren't able to come out till they were older. Like me, I didn't come out till I was 18. The second I found out what gay sex was, I was like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. If you've had yeah. sex with 50 people, 100 people, uh, well, maybe go get tested after that. But um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if, so- if someone told me, like if I was dating someone and they were like, yeah, I've had sex with like 200 people, whatever. I'd be like, well, I'm sure you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know what you're doing. I definitely... If they said 200, I would, like, in the most respectful and just, like, self-concerned way, ask them to be tested before we start having, like, consistent, like, monogamous sex, Mm -hmm. you know? But, um, yeah, I don't think it would really bother me at all. And I don't think it should... Well, I mean, I can't say what should and shouldn't bother other people. I guess if if that is something that turns you off, then... Then grow the fuck up. It's sex. (laughs) Yeah. It's sex. It's like, that is a heterosexual perspective. It's like purity culture. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. is gay world. Totally. No judgment, and it just shouldn't be judged anyways. Mm -hmm. I always do encourage people to have sex with as many people as possible, because (laughs) after a certain amount of times, it makes you resistant to fuckboys or guys that treat you like shit. Because at the end of the day, sex is awesome, but it's nothing that you're going to let someone treat you like shit over because you've already had it. That's kind of when I started looking at sex is sex is beautiful, mm. but it's nothing that I'm going to let somebody treat me like shit over because I've been with such a wide scope of different people that it's just like what you can offer me is nothing that I have not had before. Like, I don't know. Oh my. <laughs> You're like, I could rock your fucking world right now. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty I could offer anyone that they've never had before. So in talking about, you know, not accepting shitty dudes, not accepting anything less than, when did you break the cycle of accepting whatever you got from a man? I mean, if I'm being really realistic, I started HRT and that drastic, like if it's, if you're taking estrogen and testosterone blockers, that drastically like pushes your sex drive down. And so I kind of stopped looking at men like so much sexually and like physically obviously i'm still like charmed by like you know a handsome man or something but i just don't look at him as like a potential partner just like based on that like i really scan men based on like okay can you keep up with me you know what i mean can you keep up with my conversation with my attitude like do we have similar similar interests do we have similar values and once i started looking at men from that perspective i just realized like i don't know if i've ever met a man that was on that was completely on my level with everything and i'm not even saying that in like a cocky way or like a mean way or anything i'm just saying like everyone has a different path and i don't know if i've ever met a guy that is on my same path this doesn't mean that you have to be like delusionally confident or have a delusional amount of self-love but you know when you see yourself in the mirror and you're listening to your own voice on your friend's podcast and um you know if, if you're sitting there like judging yourself and having all these like nasty nasty thoughts about yourself you're probably gonna like date some guy who has like uncontrollable bo or something i don't know like, oh you're just yeah gonna, you know you like you're gonna accept do that. less i kind of 100 that like i get that where it's like i mean take this show for instance mm-hmm. when i'm editing this mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. So there is some stuff that I literally Yeah, I'll be so mean to myself, especially in the editing process. I'll be like, "Why the fuck are you so slow to reply to this or why is your like speech not more adequately used?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll also like just some of my stories, I'll be like, "Wow, should I really put this out in the world? Like I don't want to cringe people out." And then at the a certain point I'm like, "Well, this is what happened." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's truthful. And then my my other thought is like, well, what if a dude that I like is listening to this and, you know, he starts getting cringed out? Because I have had somebody that literally, like, told me. They were like, so I had a dream the other night and you were in it. And they were like, yeah, that you were talking about me on your podcast. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would never. I would never. <laughs> just yeah. don't fuck me over. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Your confidence is something I have never seen before. One of our first conversations we had together was you saying, and I quote... Boy, I've got some hard lessons to share with the dolls. It's hard carrying the weight of being the baddest bitch. It is. <laughs> where did you get that confidence and where can I buy some? Um, oh my god. So if you want to know where to buy some, um, self-defense classes, girl. Like learn how to fight. Not that you need to condone violence. Oh my I was just like, anything. are we condoning violence on, no, on no, the no, gay no, Bible? They shall drop a bitch when more. necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you'll, you will really just feel more confident, like, walking around. I'm not even the most athletic person, but, like, you'll feel more confident walking around in the streets knowing that, like, if someone really did try you, like, not that you should ever start with anything like that, but if, if it ever got to that point, knowing that you could at least, like, take care of yourself, especially if you're a girl, like, for all the girls listening, trans girls, cis girls, whatever, like, um... You're, you're going to feel so much more in tune with yourself, like knowing that you're safe because if someone swung on you, you could swing back. You know, like I was saying before, I have like this really intense background with like physical abuse and like emotional abuse. So by the time that I got bullied in high school, when I finally got into public school, um, the, the bullying that would have torn down a lot of other kids' confidence, I just kind of looked at it like, well, there's literally short of killing me like there's literally nothing that these people can do that is actually going to hurt me worse than anything that I've already been through or I'm going through literally when I go home today so well with the bowling was it just emotionally at school or physically yeah oh it was just like verbal no one was boss enough to actually like try to hit me or anything you know what i mean i wish i fucking would have you know but like (laughs) for hands yeah like but they didn't you know and because they're they're just as pussy as the rest of you know just pussy everybody else big bark no bite yeah like they you know they want to like call like faggot and tranny and stuff and it's just like um okay well your dad likes it so like you know everybody wants this yeah <laughs> your dad wants this your mom wants this your brother wants this and i your know that because he this, has baby. got this yeah totally totally <laughs> but like no like i i by the time that i went through a lot of things that a lot of kids and teenagers go through like bullying that can sometimes wear and tear on their confidence i'd already kind of like been through worse so i just didn't really think about it that much plus like i said i've always kind of looked at bullies as like delusional a little bit um but also my biggest piece of advice and a lot of people don't like hearing this because it really challenges like the way that all of us naturally function like that monkey mind that evolutionary mind but um it's not like you're not that serious like no one gives a fuck about you you know what i mean like they're not thinking about the embarrassing thing that you said three weeks ago they're thinking about the embarrassing thing they said three weeks ago you're not the main character in anyone's life bitch you're barely even the main character in yours if you're (laughs) you know if you're thinking about all them and what they think you know what i mean you're not even the main character in your life at that point so it's like and if they are talking about you that is literally just because their life is boring they don't take risks they've run out of content to talk about so you're providing them content and if that's the case send them an invoice when we were during like when we were talking in a zoom call you were saying like they want to hit this they want like men love trans women. Oh yeah. But society, they're so scared to allow that feeling because society still fucking unfortunately mm-hmm. is telling them keep that behind the bedroom door. Mm-hmm. So you had a situation that came up with three dudes at the same time in the same house mm-hmm. where they all wanted to hit that. Yeah. Can you please I tell me about this? I would love to get into this story. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. My favorite story, one of them that you've told. Like, so there's this, like, I get, I don't want to say frat house because it wasn't, like, a full-on fraternity, but it was, like, a bachelor pad 
situation in Bellingham that I used to party at um, before COVID. And there's like five guys that live in that house and like three of them were in my DMs after, you know, like 1am liking all my photos, sliding up on all my stories, you know, the little like heart thing, you know, where you like slide it over, like they're sliding on all those. If I ever have one up, they're interacting. I like doing like those uh, question and answer things on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're asking me questions that are like, because they know it comes through anonymous on the other side, you know, like they're, or once I post it, you know, they're asking me kind of suggestive questions and just like, what are you wearing? You know, little things like that. Like it, it was never, yeah, I'm like just <laughs> perfume, baby. No. <laughs> Number five Chanel. Yeah, my diamonds. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> no, I, I usually wouldn't respond actually, because I wasn't terribly into any of these men. Three of them are in my dms basically and at first i thought it was kind of funny and especially because this was really early on in my transition i was just kind of not settling but like just giving my attention to a multitude of people who were hitting me up just to kind of figure out like okay like where do i fit into the dating world what am i actually looking for what do i like and so i was kind of like you know giving them a little bit of attention here and there and they laughed up every minute of it. I love that. <laughs> no, like... Baiting uh, them here and there. Yeah, just like a little high gorge. The gag of it all, I guess, is that all three of them thought that the others didn't know. And so they would ask me to, like, keep it a secret. Like, they'd ask if I could, like, come and pick them up, like, late at night. And we could come and, like, hang out at my house and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, why don't, why don't I just pick you up, like, at a normal fucking time? And we can, like, get some pizza or something just like testing them, you know, and they'd be like, they'd be like, oh no, well, I can't because like, you know, I don't want my roommates to know, like I just want it to be like our private thing. And I never blew the top off the whole scheme because I like, I genuinely thought it was funny and I still think it's a good story to tell this day. Um, But I was just like, literally all your homeboys would hit it. Like if you said, yo, like Sophie's kind of a baddie, whatever, like they would probably agree. And if they disagreed and was like, yo, that's like gay because she's trans or whatever, I, I have screenshots. Like, I can pull up She's got receipts. Yeah. You know what would have been a perfect... It's kind of like the parent trap in this situation. Bring you invite all, all of them over <laughs> at the same time and yeah. be like, so and then kick them all, all out. out and be like, I don't want to <laughs> touch any yeah. of those nasty dicks. Yeah, totally. Get the fuck out of totally. my house. One of them is actually really attractive, but if people just stopped acting... Like, it was weird, you know, because all three of those guys were down. Every single one of those guys were down. If you're into me, it's highly likely that your homeboy is into me also. What is your ideal kind of guy? Like, what oh. does he look like? Just for all the people that might be, you know, listening. Well, I think a little more about, like, who he is. He's cool, you know. He, and when I say cool, I really mean it in, like, the core meaning of the word. Like, just easy to be around and easy to talk to and i guess in terms of appearance like darker hair or just like you know brown hair green eyes are nice you know but like brown eyes black eyes are really nice um if a guy is interested in me and he's like a lot taller than me it can feel very like feminizing you know what i mean because you're just like oh like oh my god i'm so like small and dainty you know what i mean so that's really really attractive to me i would say for me personally in that question like my ideal kind of guy i love viking men that oh, have hot. tattoos oh, all over oh. kind of look like they're on parole um <laughs> honestly kind of yeah like i don't know parole like criminal activity yeah like parole younger daddies it's hot that's oh, hot yeah like bad <laughs> like they look like they could get you into a little shoddy's trouble a, shoddy you a little baddie <laughs> shoddy my little boo thing like yeah, yeah like, totally like kind of like has been like incarcerated but anyways um tattoos all over yeah. long hair kind of like oh my god beefy jesus beefy jesus yeah, beefy baby. Baby. <laughs> yeah. oh my Good. god yeah i hope hmm. you find him I I, you're i have met a guy in bellingham who is six eight that's disgusting. <laughs> Not to you. <laughs> no, like, that's why everybody's like, are you done growing? And I'm like, God, I hope so. Because after, I feel like the sexy height 
is 6'3". After you get to 6'6", six, six, that's just gross. No, that's, that's not just true. gross. Don't say I that. I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, you're a disgusting no. human. <laughs> that's not the truth. I need to get my knees done so I can be shorter. Are you crying right now? Are you a little like bit. Like, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard this a lot within the trans community, but there are guys that you will inevitably run into that in many ways only want sex with trans people as a fetish, and then the ones that sincerely want to get to know you, you know, like date you, start something real. How do you deal with the chasers is what you would like to call them. Because you call them the chasers. Yeah, they're called like tranny chasers, basically. Like in the, that's just what we call them, you know. And To specify this question, like advice you would give to somebody that is like about to enter this. Like and have to like be exposed to these kind of people. Like what advice would you have for them to like. Like they're about to come out as trans. Yeah. And have to, de- and have to deal with these kind of people. Something that no one really talks about is that there are nice tranny chasers. You know what I mean? So there's guys that would totally hang out with a trans girl. There's guys that would, you know, like I said, most guys I think are like pretty open to it. But these guys, the difference between them and most other guys is that once you get SRS or like bottom surgery, they don't want anything to do with you. So they're only interested in girls who still have like all their original machinery you know they're only interested in girls who plan to keep that original machinery and i honestly i think that that's fine like we use the term fetish because it is fetishy but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go out of their way to make you feel any certain way or like gross about yourself or something it's just that they are very specifically attracted to the trans body which is both masculine and feminine in different ways and i personally don't think there's anything wrong with that it can get annoying these chasers will be kind of manipulative in that they'll go out of their way to make you feel hyper feminine this is kind of like raunchy but this is the show for it like some of them will even call like your boy parts like they'll call it like your clit to further feminize you you know what i mean to really like absolutely in no way not even with their words imply that you are anything other than woman in their eyes and that might be true like like i said a lot of these trend tranny chasers are like very well versed on like the politics of our community they have a really high understanding of the medicine in our community what is and is appropriate when it comes to relations with trans women so a lot of the time they're really well educated but i like what you said about like how they'll make you feel extra feminine by using those kind of words for the female anatomy Mm -hmm. because you know what's kind of funny the gay like man on man like we do that too because i've definitely had sex with people where they're like they'll be like fuck this pussy oh yeah totally. it's so hot i it's think hot. it's hot yeah it's hot depending on the mood of the sex you're having but like if it's really passionate it's really rough and a dude is like mm, fuck this pussy i'm like totally. that is so hot yeah that's what they do for trans girls too if i was a young trans person what kind of what examples would you give like to watch out for like what are the red flags of that Uh, you kind of pick up on it eventually. An example would be how excited are they when you give them the opportunity to kind of like play with your privates, I guess. I don't know. I've I've never really had to talk about this before, but like the idea of topping a man is very defeminizing to me. Like it's not something that I'm interested in. It's not something that turns me on. It's something that kind of makes me feel a little bit dirty and a lot of trans girls feel that feel that way, but I know a lot of other trans women who don't feel that way and are totally open to the idea of topping a man. Um, it, it's not my path, but I totally get it. Um, but I mean, like, I have the machinery that I have right now, and obviously, like, stimulation of like my privates is is it's stimulation. It like feels good for me. So I don't mind like if if a guy asks me like oh, like, can I, like, touch you there? Or, like, can I, you know, like, go down on you or something? That's not a problem for me. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, it's what I have right now, you know? Um, Because surgery for me is a year or two down the road. You know, it's nowhere near me. And I've had this conversation with other people too when it's just, like, a more intimate, like, either two people or just, like, a small group setting where transness is the topic of conversation. If you're already talking about trans stuff and you want to talk about the surgery in a small setting, that's fine. Like, But I never, when I had you on, I was like, I want you to paint your own. What did I say? 
Just like paint my own picture. I wanted you to paint your own picture where I was like, I didn't want to just have, like, I didn't want to feel like this show was just like, oh, we're having a trans person on. Check Mm -hmm. that box. I just wanted a bad bit. I wanted a baddie on the show talking about dick and sex. And you got her, And I did get her, but... (laughs) I, yeah, I never wanted you to come on here and be like, okay, like the entire interview, we're just going to be talking about what's it, what is it like to be trans? Fucking awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then the whole process behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it makes me really happy that you felt like you could trust me and allow this show to tell your story because if this show can at least help one person, it was all worth it. Mm-hmm, totally. That one little homo. Agreed. Yeah, yeah that one little faggot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that brings... Okay, faggot. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, Let's get into we it. had a friend that you went over to their house and you said the word. What was the reaction? Shock. Shock. Discomfort. Yeah, discomfort, <laughs> shock. I was just like, oh my God, like she's a faggot or something like that. You know what I mean? It was shock. Yeah, that word, and that's why I use it in the show. It needs to get decent. Only gay Anyone people can use this. can be called a faggot can say faggot. Yeah. Like, if you're a lesbian, you can say it. Because people will call you a faggot. Like, in the eyes of, like, the cishet white men that run everything, we're all faggots, baby. There's no delineation. You know what I mean? Mm. We're just not straight. Within the cis gay male, do you think they're at the top? Like, they represent the lgbt community in a lot of ways yeah describe these men for people that haven't really been in the community like who who are these men that represent us they just tend to be muscular white cis gay men with like pompadours and you know nice clothes they typically have some money you know what i mean like they typically are like electricians or oh my god so many of them are in the army or like so many are in tech yeah, so many are like attacked. Seattle. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, I I feel like they just really represent us, and it it makes sense that they do because um they were kind of the first to be trickled into media. Like before there was a black character in every TV show, or before there was a trans character in every TV show, there was a gay guy in every TV show. It was like the first minority to get like an inkling of like all-around representation because people love seeing a little like you know twinkie little gay character on on every tv show and every movie you know so it makes sense that they've kind of become like the apex predator of like our you know of our group because they are the first to be acknowledged but i think it's changing like i think a lot more people are looking at like I say, they're looking at trans people, but when they're done chewing us up and spitting us out, they'll look to someone else. Like, it, I, I don't really like to look at gay men, gay white cis men as if they're my enemy because they are the apex of our group at the moment because I know that that's not their fault. I know that that's politicians and media who use our cause to gain points um, and to further their own career. And they've already chewed you guys up and spit you out. They're moving on to the trans girls now. And once they're done exploiting our struggle and our trauma, they'll move on to someone else. I always ask the question, like, are we being represented or are we being marketed to? It's nice to see yourself on TV, yeah. But at the same time, I just kind of like watch it and I'm like, these executives, you know, these old, fat, rich, white, cis, het dudes who run these production companies and stuff like that, they know that we are reliable consumers because we're very hungry to see ourselves on screen um, and in fashion and in music and stuff. And so they recognize that hunger and they very much use it to make fuck tons of money because they're like, all we have to do is throw three black trans women in a TV show and we're going to get millions of views like absolutely like trans rights you know what i mean it's like and it's good it's good for little trans kids i'm not saying that there aren't positives but like i do think that it's important that we hold these corporations and conglomerates accountable for the fact that like they literally take the traumatic events of gay history trans history lesbian history whatever they're on to next um and they exploit them for entertainment and they film them and script them and say like a plus for representation so that 
I feel like holding them under a really, really tight microscope of being like, thank you for the representation, but I know you're just marketing to me and people like me and I will still buy it because I am enjoying it so far, but I am keenly aware of what you're doing regardless. But I've never looked at it from that perspective where it's like, yeah, there's pros and cons to everything. It's like mm -hmm. real representation. I haven't seen a show like that before. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Um, But then there's also cons to it where you're just like, who's behind the camera? Like who's, Mm -hmm. who is funding that project Mm -hmm. and why is it ran by a studio with a bunch of people in the LGBTQ plus community Mm -hmm. or just a bunch of old white rich men? (laughs) You know, it's probably the latter most of the time. Yeah. Those top dogs, you know, the people who are at the top of that food chain in entertainment, they do pass off the hat to LGBT directors and LGBT actors and writers who are probably doing their best to make sure that they're representing us well. Um, Just because it's those old, rich, white, fat, cis, het men who are funding it doesn't mean that they're making all the choices that go into how it is that we're being represented, how it is that we're being marketed to. So I don't think that it's inherently like disingenuous or just like seedy or nasty. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of LGBT ideas being thrown around in the boardrooms and the writing conferences and whatever. But just remember who who at the end of the day is benefiting the most from what you're viewing. Look at the wide scope. Yeah, because it's not India Moore, you know what I mean? Mm. The actress from Pose, one of the actresses from Pose. Like, she's making a fractile of the money that that show has produced. And she's the star. You know, she's the reason. She's the She is the representation. But I guarantee you she's made, like, literally a percentile. Compared to the guy who owns FX, totally different pay grade. Totally different pay grade. But she's treated like this icon and star, you know, because she's representing us. And it's like, okay, well, then give her a coin. Yeah. <laughs> like, if she's if she's the one who's changing the world, then give her a coin. Not the CEO of FX. Sometimes people just want to look straight ahead. They just want to have that really small sight of what it means in that situation. But you're kind of giving, like, the whole scope of that situation. Where it's Sometimes like, you have to. Where, yeah, you're giving, like, a different angle where you're like, this is great. But you also need to realize that this is out also happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of weird. I've been thinking about this for a long time. And my question is, where are all the gay groups of people that are our age in Seattle specifically? I mean, I've hung out with a handful of groups in the Seattle area, but they're all in their late 20s, 30s, and 40s. My question is, where the fuck are all the young homos? Like, do you know this? Like, where are they hiding? I've experienced this. I think we were talking earlier about how, like, young gays and queer people can be kind of catty. A little bit kind of competitive um i think that really starts in high school and like middle school when have you ever had the experience where someone tells you like you're a cool gay you know i wouldn't normally be friends with like a gay person but like you're pretty cool that type yes. of thing. yes yes i have it totally sets up a tone between gay people and just queer people overall when that has been said. So I don't think we really congregate until we're a little older, you know, and we realize that. I mean, I think you and I are kind of in a place in our lives where we have maybe matured past that a little sooner than some other queer people. But I I know to this day, there's lots of queer people who are very catty and competitive with each other because of that. Um, I wish we would congregate now at this age, because I, know, I don't I would, feel the need for that competition anymore. Yeah, because I mean, being in those situations, like, I mean, I'm happy that I can connect with people that are substantially older than me. Like, it's Same. great. But at a certain level, I'm like, because I'm 22 right now, mm-hmm. I started hanging out with people when I was 19. I was always the youngest, mm. always the youngest. But it would have been so nice to actually be in a group of people that were my age. I feel like I would have, you know, I would have felt a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Basically. Confident. Yeah, comfortable, more confident. But it, because I know there's gay, there's gay people our age, specifically in Seattle and just around, but there's no groups. Yeah. I also feel like, you know how they say that queer people experience everything like, 10 years behind because we don't really get the opportunity to have that classic high school experience a lot of us don't even end up in our first like serious relationship until we're like in college if not even graduated from college you know and a lot of those experiences are things that people are experiencing by the age of like 14 if you're like cisgender and heterosexual so 
because we're kind of on this late timeline, it might have something to do with that as well, because I think most people are kind of congregating and creating those really strong groups of like-minded individuals in their 20s, in their early 20s, um, because they've already had all those other experiences behind them. Uh, but because we're kind of behind, maybe it just doesn't happen for, maybe that's literally like a non-changeable thing, no matter where we get in terms of rights, maybe because we're always a little bit behind. Like, you know, like a gay man's like late thirties and early forties are literally his twenties. Like that's like when he's richest, all the other people his age, like have kids and are spending all this money and time on like, you know, raising children and families. And he just has the same career that all of them have making the same amount of money, but without the need to take care of, you know, five little munchkins and stuff. So he's just like rich and maybe single, maybe not the gay lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Same. Like being able to travel and like, mm-hmm. Uh, circuit parties and mm-hmm. like being able to just literally explore the world and that's I probably love why it. a lot of these like gay friend groups look so lavish and look so like enticing in like their 30s because you have a group of men who all have probably good jobs are pro are all probably educated um have all this extra spending money to go to throw around what they would have done in their 20s, they're now doing in their 30s. So you just see groups of like eight gay men just like going to Dubai for a week. You know what I mean? Easy like, money. Easy money because they're not spending all that money on the stuff that they would if they had gotten all those experiences out of the way in their 20s and then had kids by like 22, you know? So I guess that does kind of make a little bit more sense why we're not specifically in Seattle mm-hmm. is because when those men are like in their 30s and 40s they're they have the money to go do stuff mm-hmm. you know like really bond those friendships together yep. but we're still so young it's like if i wanted to go cabin for the weekend they're like okay you can like come to our airbnb here's the bill i'm like oh oh shit nah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah. Yeah. i'm friends from a distance sorry babe but i'm 22 no i'm 22 yeah. and broke as fuck yeah totally Oh my god, this is my favorite question. Okay. Do you eat ass? No. <laughs> Why? Why do you not eat ass? I um, feel like people who don't eat ass voted for Donald Trump. I feel like I would eat like a girl's ass or something for sure. I feel like guys can be kind of unhygienic putting my face in like <laughs> <laughs> in some in, booty like, cheese and <laughs> like butt hair is like that's just like i'm just thinking to myself like oh my god no like i got laser for a reason like i don't <laughs> like hair here you know it's just kind of gross and also i just don't trust guys like hygiene like i just genuinely don't i'm like even like the gayest of gay 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 men I look at them and think to myself, like, but are you really going that extra mile for me? I I guess if I was with someone that I was, like, absolutely in love with and it was, like, really important to them to try that or something, I would be like, okay, like, you can go use this loofah, this body wash, this sugar scrub, and then alcohol wipes and, like, everything above and beyond, and then, you know, I'll maybe maybe i feel like though if you don't it's kind of like the same thing like if you don't like sucking dick you're not going to be good at sucking dick so it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> so like in that situation i feel like i feel like for somebody to be really good at eating ass you have to want to eat ass yeah because you gotta like really go <laughs> like some people just want to do like a couple ice cream licks like that's not what does it you gotta fucking just be slopping joe in that <laughs> asshole bro oh my god yeah, because I know what feels good for me mm-hmm. if someone's doing that to me. And I don't think I'm capable of doing that for another person. You're like, it's not for me, yeah. but it might be for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-reciprocal between us. Like, I that's know. That's a street well, that goes one way. I'm the same way because if a dirty booty is not a fun booty. So, like, what I was saying, like... I'm just going to keep referring to this person as Daddy Mike. If you're somebody who needs a clean booty, make sure they shower when you get when they get to your house. Yeah. 100%. Be like, I don't think you're a disgusting person. I just it's think just, you're human. It's a kink to me. Like, I like a clean person. It's, it's <laughs> That's a, my kink. My biggest, Hygiene. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> how, the nice way to tell somebody that their breath stinks? You're like, hey, I have a kink. Uh, minty fresh breath that doesn't smell like shit. <laughs> yeah. They can't get mad at you for that. Yeah, breath <laughs> is a big deal to me. Oh, it's yeah. a 
bit i think it's a deal breaker for most people but it's a deal breaker for me but i kind of like a yeah a little bo is nice mm, um a little maybe <laughs> you're like no but what? no I'm, t- I'm i'm actually down for a little but that's only if we are literally like if i can if i pick up on the scent like while we're like in bed or something that's fine but like don't show up to my house all stanky boots like that is really i can gross. smell that bussy from here yeah, i'm like i don't want to smell your armpits from the moment i open my front door some dudes it's a kink to like shove the person's head into their armpits can you imagine you're like Ugh! i would literally be like my mom just died I gotta go. I would like, be like, hey, like, I forgot. I gotta go turn butter with my mom tomorrow. Like, it's yeah. a family tradition. Yeah. I fucking love Happens that. Happens every midsummer. Yeah, but with me personally, I love eating ass. Good for you. Hate my ass being eaten now. Really? Out. Hate it. Don't even try to go down Why? there. Like, when Good somebody... Good for you. No, like... Is she a dom top? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she's a dom top. No, like... I don't have a problem somebody eating my ass, but if they refuse to kiss me, like... Oh, like so I... you don't trust your own hygiene? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know it better than anyone else does, Gord. Well, no, because it's like, for me, like, I have such a sensitive nose. So sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I guess okay. fuck, maybe I do yeah, take maybe. more showers. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can eat it, but don't even dare come fucking up here trying to kiss me. Guys, this is it. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for being on this show today. How Thank was you for it? having me. It was amazing. I had a great time. Um, I feel like you're doing a really good thing by running this program, and I'm really excited to see the other episodes or hear the other episodes and see what other voices get to be heard. Yeah, the timeline of this. I'm excited to see how it grows. Like, I really just hope that this reaches people who need it. And it will. It will. I really do hope so. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks again so much for tuning in. I will see y'all next week.